Hey geniuses, this is your quick trigger warning for this series of the Genius Portal podcast. We venture into a range of topics that you may find sensitive and nothing is off limits, including suicide, erectile dysfunction, and a host of others. If you feel the need, please read the description of each podcast prior to listening. It is in our most uncomfortable that we find the greatest growth. Big love and enjoy. The assumption uh, was that if you're not in a certain, you can't hold yourself in a certain state of vibration at all times, then you can't have what you what you'd love in life. You know, it's and so what the, those assumptions I found did was, well, for a start, they established a, a really unnatural um, sort of a a dynamic where it made it for me impossible to you know, keep um, badgering, manipulating myself to stay in a state that I, I, I truly wasn't in, you know. It's the genius podcast is Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Genius Portal Podcast. You're here with Luke. And today I'm joined by Mr. Craig Goddard. Brother, how are you? Great, Luke. Really good to be here. How are you going? Yeah, good, mate. Good. Glad to see that we're not pixelating right now so we can continue with the podcast because it's been a little bit of a testing time to get us up live today. But here we are and we're going to get straight into it um, with the same two questions that we always start with. What does genius mean to you and how does your genius express itself in the world? Yeah, uh, for me, um, you know, genius is like, it's like that that essence that, that we have in us. So I, uh, the way I see it is like we, we've all got a unique essence that seeks expression through us. And, um, you know, my I guess my the way I express my genius in the world are some of the ways that, you know, um, things like, um, through photography, uh, writing, playing the didge, um, and, you know, performing improv, even tr- things like travel and um, coaching and educating in, in uh, our business with my, my partner, Linda, as well. You know, so th- these are just sort of some of those things that I've discovered over the years are really true for me as, as you know, hard-aligned pursuits. Mm. And when I'm engaged in them, um, it sees me sort of um, doing, like acting in favour of those things that are true for me to, to do in life. Yeah, sweet. Great answer. Great answer. So it hasn't always been that way, obviously. So let's let's jump back. Talk to us about like what was it, what was that moment that sort of hit for you or a couple of moments where it was like, hey, something's not right here or there's got to be more to life than this or you know, I'm not living a life that brings my genius into the world. Let's make a change. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, um, that that sort of happened. I mean, it didn't happen some years ago, but an awareness that there's got to be more to to life. There's got to be more to me. That that sort of kicked in, you know, reasonably early in life. And um, you know, I, I sort of, as a young fellow, I was really just playing it by year and I guess that's what a lot of us do is we you know we leave school I I didn't know what I wanted to do leaving school so I I just went straight into a um an electrical apprenticeship and um and kind of ran from there but um what I found was that 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 
didn't sort of work out. And then um, that saw me in and out of jobs for years later, you know, um, sort of with that, <clears throat> excuse me, thinking that at some stage I'm going to land the right job and, and everything's going to be sweet, you know, it's just going to all come together. Um, there was no no reasoning behind that. I just thought time will pass. I'll get older and something will change sort of thing. And, <laughs> and guess what? It didn't. And, and it was also even from a young age, you know, I was in a rush to get married and sort of, you know, get the family happening. And um, that, that was all just uh, I, I've sort of seen, you know, retrospectively that I was where I was coming from was I was sort of I was a bit lost and I didn't really know what. Um, my true path was what life meant to me and I was kind of running off everybody else's um, you know ideas on success you know from yeah. being successful being a even what it what it means to be a man in the world and you know having a family and, and that sort of thing so it, you know running off um, all of these inherited values of other people and not really knowing myself that that saw me in and out of relationships as well you know and and again um wondering when i was going to meet the right person you know so never <laughs> once thinking that um maybe maybe there's another way of going about things and maybe there's things that i'm not aware of yet that are impacting on relationships and you know so it, it took some years before uh, i got to a point where it's like okay i got to try and fix what's going on here so i went into personal development into the world of pd and and, and really my approach there was kind of um, limited as well because I was, I was assuming there was something wrong with me and that I needed to fix that. I needed to, I had a problem to solve, you know, and so that's what that personal development undertaking was all about for me. And strangely enough, um, it didn't work for me. You know, I, there were some things that I, I learned from it for sure, but ultimately nothing changed, if anything, you know, things seemed to get a bit worse. And, and I, I was, I just didn't know what was going on with that either. So um, that, that's been the experience until I kind of come, came across the, uh, you know, the work more recent, in more recent years of, of alchemy, which sort of, you know, um, one of the key premises of this work is that, um, that, that Linda and I now teach is that it's, um, we're not broken you know we, we don't need fixing and and so while ever we assume we are incomplete and we do need fixing we're, we're we're seeking to to solve that problem all we're doing is creating more of that problem but it's a it's an illusion it's not actually true once you assume the truth being you know we're connected beings where we're, we have a natural creative ability uh, and we're creating all the time, but usually we're creating more of the things we don't want in life because we're creating unconsciously. So, you know, there's, there's these, these um, key principles that have been really working beautifully for me in my life ever since I've learned that and started to apply them, you know, in, in my vocational undertakings, my relationship and, you know, and connection with others and my, my creative expression in the world. You know, it's it's sort of really expans expansive by nature versus in, in years gone by. It's just the I, I found myself trying to hide away. You know, and my world got increasingly smaller. If that an oxymoron there, but it just got smaller, <laughs> right? And it's like to the point where I just I just didn't you know feel that I I had anything to give. And so 
yeah that that's sort of it in a nutshell <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're gonna touch on we'll touch on the alchemy a lot no doubt but i wanted to go back you sort of mentioned you were in like a rush to get married to do the things i guess like you're sort of taught as a young guy coming up to do you know find a woman settle down have kids i guess those more um more primal instincts of like keeping the name going do you find was that more of a like was that a family thing was that like pushed on you from a young age based on your upbringing or was that just something you picked up through society yeah you know what what i i again in hindsight what what's obvious to me about what was driving that was it, it was a compensation, you know, getting married, getting connected, getting married, moving into to the, the, the family scene um, in a rush was, was about compensating for the ways I believe that I, I was unworthy, that I wasn't enough, you know. And, and, you know, we've all heard that classic Tom Cruise statement in whatever movie it was, um, you complete me sort of thing. And I think I was, I was gunning for that without knowing I was doing it. And, uh, and, and again, you know, the, the whole assumption there that I had, I was holding to be true about myself with it was that I was incomplete and that, you know, that, that um, being, being married was about completing myself. And, of course, that, that didn't work. It's not what a relationship's for, you know. So, <laughs> so, so um, yeah, yeah that's, that's, I think that was what was driving yeah. it was compensation. Yeah, like so that un- unconscious creation that just leads to sort of like a negative experience in the end, or like a um, not what you had actually envisioned, and creating from a place of place of lack or a place of like say incompleteness. And yeah, it's really interesting. I always love chatting to people about that and how it's so interesting to think back. You think back to those moments before you might have found like an alchemy or whatever modality it is that works for you if you're listening. And you look back and go, oh, wow, I was I actually felt like I was doing the right thing. Because a lot of times when we're unconsciously creating and doing what we, the mind tells us, oh, no, you're doing the right thing, do the right thing, keep doing what you're doing, you're on the right path, you know, you're getting your family together. And, and But realistically, if it's not aligned to the truth of who you are, or if you're not doing it from a creative perspective, it's just going to end nine times out of ten. It's not going to end how you want it to end. So... Talk to me about how you how you stumbled across alchemy and, and how that sort of changed the way in which you create and, and are doing all the things that you're doing in the world. Mm, yeah, I mean, um, I think I, I after you know spending a lot of money and a lot of time and um, then getting rather disheartened about the whole thing when it came to uh, <laughs> personal development. Um, I guess my my heart was still seeking expression, you know. So there was still this kind of inattention in me that was seeking to be resolved you know and it would only be resolved when I start to express the truth of who I am in the various ways that are true for me to do so and so uh, part of that that tension you know it drew into my awareness into my my conscious awareness um, you know the teacher at the time who, who was William Whitecloud and he, he's uh, he's a master um practitioner and teacher teacher of that modality of, of alchemy and and um and creating you know conscious creating so once i i went through william's curriculum and 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 started to really apply um what he was teaching 
things not overnight things didn't just go bang and change it wasn't like that but immediately I could sense the truth in what I was hearing you know I and I I could I, I was um heartened I was sort of I was excited but in a grounded way not not pumped up only to go home after a, a fantastic you know seminar standing on the chairs and be- beating my chest to go home and then deflate <laughs> again it was more like I could I could the truth was resonating and I could see where I could apply these things um, and then it, it it took some time to to start to apply it in my life because I, I was I was sort of orientated in a certain way in my life and and things appeared to be a certain way. You know, I I was sort of seeing things, this is how it is. You know, I'd already established that for myself. So it took a bit of time to come to a new um, point of reference in my life. And but once, once that started to happen, it started to impact, you know, every area of life where life then started to become more of a reflection of, what was in me, you know, and and um, a reflection of what's what was true for me. That that started to become my experience of my life, and um, and things unfolded um, as a result of that. So, um, yeah, so that that's sort of the way that happened, you know. And it's um, it's been a a real you know beautiful journey ever since, really, because it, it, even what I'm seeing now, years down the track, is there's no there's no end point to it because mm. you. You know, it's it's just this limitless sort of space that you find yourself in. Life becomes more of um, that true canvas that you'll hear people talk about. You know, it's a canvas, and it's like, yeah, it's, how do you how do you make that work? Um, but it really is once you see, you know, what that's about, and that you that you do have some say in how your life goes. You know what I mean? Yeah. As a creator of it. So. Yeah, it's such a massive switch, like that shift in mindset of like you're the predominant creative force rather than externalizing everything. And once you can wrap your head around that, it doesn't get easier, but things do flow. Mm. And it's like there's more, more feeling of control or like more opportunity to have input into the way that your life goes rather than feeling like you're just bobbing down the river with your thumb out waiting for the universe to give you a ride somewhere, you know. <laughs> Exactly right. Yeah. Um, so talk to me about some of the things that you did that didn't work, right? Like you mentioned that you went down that personal development world and the pressures that came with that, I think are pretty common for most people. People start going, oh, I want to work on myself. I want to upgrade my skills. And then things don't change or things might feel the same or, or worse because there is that pressure that you're putting on yourself of like, oh, shit, I've done this work. I shouldn't still be making these mistakes or vice versa or whatever it is for you. But what were some of the things that you were doing? What were some of the modalities that you were looking at? Uh, and what didn't resonate for you? What what was the structures that they sort of were teaching that didn't really resonate for you that you found didn't really work, if that made sense, for you? Yeah, I mean, there was a, immediately there was a common theme. And I, I won't sort of, um, I guess, uh, mention names or whatever yeah. because these are still um, – and, and it's not to say that these modalities don't – serve people you know there's plenty of people that, that find them beautifully uh, effective for them yeah. in their lives but just for me um, I found that a common theme that ran through the teachings was that that you know you 
you do need to um, you need to really control things. You've got to and and starting with your your own state. You know, if you're not in a the, the assumption uh, was that if you're not in a certain you can't hold yourself in a certain state of vibration at all times, then you can't have what you what you'd love in life. You know, it's and so what the, those assumptions I found did was. Well, for a start, they established a, a really unnatural um, sort of a, a dynamic where it made it for me impossible to, you know, keep um, badgering, manipulating myself to stay in a state that I, I truly wasn't in, you know. We're not all up all the time. We're, we're humans with a, a range of emotions. And one of the things was that when, it, when, when I believe that I need to hold myself up here all the time and I've got to deny the other emotions, I can't feel them without there being some lashback, you know, for those, um, how they would say, those lower emotions, then um, it, it becomes sort of this impossible task, or it did for me. And so what I found was that I initially tried to be really forceful and to manipulate myself to stay in this state so that I could attract into my world those things that I wanted. And it just didn't work. And it didn't, it was like a common theme across several different modalities, though. And so what I found was that I continually failed at it. And as a result of that, I felt worse about myself so i felt even more fundamentally screwed than i felt before (laughs) (laughs) felt like i just wasted all this money yeah that's right yeah i I could have felt just stayed feeling crap about myself and not spent that money but you know so um so there there was that as, as a real key thing and i think um sort of noticing that that other people seem to be able to make it happen but really not not realizing oh, I don't know whether they were making it happen in their life it just appeared like they were so um, but it certainly wasn't for me what what I later came to realize was that I was really um, where my focus was well for a start that my focus actually is it creates reality so where I was holding my focus um, through the way I was interpreting their their teachings was that um, that I'm that I'm, you know, I need to be fixed. I've got something wrong with me. And so I need to find something outside of myself to fix me first. Once I get that sorted out, then everything's going to be rosy. But it's a very externalised validation in the world, you know, whereas now what I know is, no, it's an inner journey. (laughs) That's where it all all takes place, (laughs) you know, being self-referenced, self-validated, all that sort of thing. So, yeah. Yeah, well, I think that that whole... I guess the whole premise or the idea of like fixing yourself and holding yourself in a state and you're all you're here all the time is like really it might be really irresponsible because everyone gets in their shit. Like that holding yourself in that state or saying that you can hold yourself in that state paints a picture that you never get in your shit, which is completely wrong. <laughs> Every human <laughs> on the earth gets in their shit. All we do is get better and more equipped to get out of that shit quicker. You know, yeah, exactly. it takes a day instead of three weeks, <laughs> you know, and so you can create momentum and, and bit by bit you get closer and closer to your goals and, and what you want to create in the world. And yeah, it's really interesting, you know, how that that difference between mind and externalizing versus internalizing and being aware of okay, you're both good and bad traits. You're not broken, just a part of who you are based on your 
previous experiences or your structures or your beliefs or whatever that looks like, now that you understand them, you're aware of them, you can actually use them to good or, or you know, they don't have any power over you. Once you have that awareness over them, the, the power seems to sort of shift a little bit in that relationship. Yeah. And so what were the structures that you started to bring into your life? Um, we've always spoken about William and alchemy and those sort of things, but what are the things that really work for you in your in your personalised ritual and and what are the some of the things that you've sort of taken and now share with others and look to teach to others? Yeah, I mean, you know, one of the start the starting points for me was, um, well, first, uh, making a powerful assumption, realising that we're making assumptions all the time. We, we just don't know we're making them. But usually um, it's it's in this, we're living in this default mode of awareness. So it means we're, when, when we're unconscious about how, how we're living, then we're, we're in survival mode, essentially. In short, you know, we're, we're yeah. looking to compensate for the ways we believe we're not enough and, you know, what we think we've got to do to be valid in the world and all this thing sort of thing and, and to be safe and our survival to be, you know, insured and that, that sort of thing. So it dates way back to childhood. But um, for me, just realising that was a big start, was realising that, that that's not true that's a, it's a, there's an aspect of me that believes it is true and is all about you know committed to my survival but as an adult now that that aspect no longer needs to um govern the show i, I i'm not subject to that hmm. but in fact as an adult a, a functioning adult in the world I, I get to decide you know how i'd love things to be and to actually um create it that way consciously and so one of the, the other things that really started to get things moving for me was to become really clear about what are, the, what are some of the things at least that are, that are in me seeking expression in the world, you know, through me. And um, so um, going through processes to establish what those things are and, and then, you know, formalising them into a, a declaration, you know, like a choosing, something that I would choose every day. I choose this and I choose this, you know, these are the... These are the end results that I'm creating in my life. So that when I start, and so that was one of the processes that really made a big difference, first getting clear and then, um, you know, being disciplined about anchoring into those things on a daily basis so that I could, you know, um, sort of be the one who was in the driver's seat rather than that sort of survival mode aspect of me taking the wheel each day and go, righto, we're going this way. <laughs> well, I'm flapping in the background going, where are we going? <laughs> you know, so like, yeah. So, so that, you know, those were the sorts of things that really, and, and they're, they're practices that to, to date I, I still am disciplined in, in the daily practice of making those choices. And um, they're just powerful structures, you know, that hold you, uh, in alignment with what's true for you in life. Mm, yeah, 100%. The holding that end result is such an important, important one. Like, you know, like I said, we all get in our shit and we all dip and have moments where we start to have those doubts. And I'm sure you've had some of those yourself with like your works and, and what your offerings and all of those sort of things. And do you find it's those choices that are able to snap you back or do you have other, other tools, other techniques where you're like, you're feeling oh, crap, like, what am I doing here, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, I can see I, the end result, I'm choosing the end result, and, but right now in the moment it feels like it's a fucking long way off, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And, and so what are, 
what are some of the tools and techniques that you use in those spaces where, where that self-doubt starts to creep in, I guess? Um, yeah. yeah so something sure. that I think a lot of creators go through as they're starting to build that abundance and whether it's a new offering or an offering that you're tweaking or whatever it might be, it's, it's something that I think for a lot of people listening, they will definitely resonate with. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, you know, anything that we, that we discover is inner-seeking expression through us um, and is aligned with our, our truth, you know, the, our greatness, really, our inherent greatness. Um, any of those things fly in the face of our, our belief, our survival beliefs about ourselves. They, they, it's like any one of those creations that we're proposing to, to bring into the world, um, as far as that aspect of ourselves, it's like, no, no, these are not possible for you. So, um, you know, we, we refer to that aspect as our, our ego and, and the ego committed to our survival. So it's just doing its job, but it will throw up thoughts and feelings whenever you set yourself in, in um, set sail in the direction of things that are true for you. And it'll be like making these assessments about all the ways in which it believes you fall short <laughs> of, of creating and having those things and all the ways in which you need to actually fix yourself first. So through thoughts and feelings, it's going to fire up and, and have you feeling like, man, I, I, don't, I can't do this, you know, self-doubt. Is this even true for me? Questioning the truth and the validity of it and that sort of thing. So for me, um, you know, uh, one of the key things is recognising that, um, that I'm actually the one with the power here. You know, I'm not powerless and um, I'm not a powerless victim to that egoic dynamic within myself that says, no, you can't, you know, you, you, you're not good enough. Um, it's just there doing its job. But as long as I realise that uh, I have the power, so if I, if I want to buy into those thoughts and feelings of self-doubt and that sort of thing, I can, I have the choice to, but it's awareness that gives me the, the, the choice to, to bring my focus, my attention, my attention and my love to the things that really are true for me. So I find that one of the key things is awareness, is just knowing. Because whenever I'm not conscious of what, that what's playing out, you know, what's coming up for me, like you said before, everyone gets in their shit. It's like it's not a... It's not a game of, um, you know, mastery is not about never going into your shit. It's about when you're there, seeing it for what it is and how quickly can you can you realign with the things that are true for you and move on, you know, because we create in spite of our thoughts and feelings because sometimes even though we're creating these amazing things that are so true for us, it's crazy, uh, we're not going to feel good about it always. You know, it's not going to be like, oh, shit, yeah, let's just skip off into the sunset, right? It's like... <laughs> At times you're feeling you're feeling really ordinary to say the least. But but when when we can recognize, hey, that's just my egoic agenda at play, and it's looking to get my buy-in, you know, and it feels justified. You know, my self-doubt feels justified right now. My my sense of imposter syndrome kicking mm. in feels fair enough because <laughs> I can even tell myself I don't know enough right now, you know. And so, um, but when when I just see that for what it is, then I, I I can it's it's the use of will at that time to say no, this is bloody important for me because I want my life to be a reflection of what's true for me. I'm I'm sick of going around and around in circles, creating Groundhog Day and wondering why I feel so limited in my life. You know what I mean? And so 
um, when when you, you you're just making that declaration, you're saying, yeah, thoughts and feelings, they're there. I'm going to use my will right now, though, and and take that next step in relation to what's true for me. And 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 it's just a, a process of that, and it's not always easy, but you get better at it with practice, you know, because we don't. How often do we practice that until we yeah. start to practice it? <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. It's not something you get taught in schools for sure. You know, it's like. If anything, you're told to sort of just follow the the follow the, the right answer and just go with the flow. Um, and so sort of very much when it comes to creating, I find that you know you're in that discomfort, you're in that uncomfortable space a lot of the time because that's where the real growth is. It's like if you're gonna grow, you've got to get uncomfortable because like you've got to go to the next space, you've got to go to the next step, you've got to evolve, and that imposter syndrome comes in for all of us because. To be honest, if you want to get to where you've gone, like, you know, you've got to change what you are now. The person you are right now has got you to here, but it won't necessarily get you there. And so it's time to get uncomfortable and you're going to be an imposter for a while because you haven't fucking done it before. You know, right now in this physical expression of your body, you haven't done it before. You might have done it in a previous life, but unless you're really tapped into that, for most people, it's, no, I haven't done this before. So the imposter syndrome really comes in and... um yeah, it's such a big one to get your head around because everyone goes through it. And it's the people that, like you say, have a choice and choose. That's the big powerful thing is like you're choosing which direction you're going. Are you choosing the thing that's aligned with your heart, even though it might be rocky for a little while whilst you work it out and you get used to whether it's going live on social media more often or whatever that looks like? Yeah. Or do you choose to go backwards or stay where you are and and feed into the ego you know i think the more the more of the work the work for lack of a better word but the more i've become aware of that conscious creating and being the predominant creative force in my life the more appreciation i've had for the ego in a way with that awareness and the ego giving me the awareness of a one oh okay i must be in a period of growth because my ego is coming up so there must be here that's something here that's good for me. Thanks for that, but it's got no power. You know, yeah. thanks for the thanks for the heads up, but you can bugger off again now. You know, <laughs> like, um. So, what is some of the work that you are doing, man? Talk to us about what you guys are doing at True North Genius Alignment. Um, some of the work that you're doing in the men's space, and yeah, we'll talk, chat about the improv side of things as well. Yeah, I mean, um, what Linda and I, you know, for years have kind of um, done group coaching uh, on like particularly online and a lot of it online, but um, and we both coach one on one as well in in this this same space. Um, but we we run in person retreats too, you know, where um, we're, we're teaching. It, it's a different really different dynamic to be able to teach in person it gives us an opportunity to, to really bring some playful things into into play and to teach and educate uh, in really fun but um, deep ways where we can you know we can dive in with with groups of people and um, and have a great time but discover new things at the same time and so um, yeah, we both love the, you know, the um, in-person retreats and that sort of thing too. So, um, and I, I've, you know, I've worked with uh, guys as well, you know, because a lot of the, in this work, um, I can't, I don't know why, I can postulate um, that there's there's a lot more uh, women than men actually give themselves the opportunity to 
um, benefit from from this work you know um i think as guys we probably like to you know i, I got this you know <laughs> we, sleep, <laughs> yeah, we yeah. run with i've got this and uh, I know I, I have for many years and, and there's still a part of me loves to still do it now, you know, and I, I try and pick it up as often as I can. I'm like, <laughs> just open up, you know, sort of, because um, for me it's like um, not wanting to be vulnerable ultimately. It's like vulnerability. Um, it's it's like it's this, it brings up my resistance and, and, it, and it shows up in all sorts of things, particularly when I'm in that, unfamiliar territory where I don't know what I'm doing really but I'm just I'm running with my you know sort of intuitive guidance on things it's like I can feel really vulnerable to that um but you know what I've learned is that creating is is about embracing that vulnerability because it's not what I used to think it was I used to think vulnerability is weakness that's that's this equals that and that's how it is you know but it's it's actually not it's our vulnerability and our willingness to be vulnerable um, opens up a world of opportunities for us and, and you know, new, new possibilities and, and that sort of thing, which they exist, but we don't, we don't, when we're not willing to be open and vulnerable, we, we, we close ourselves off to these things. And, and so there's a whole rich, a richness to life that exists when we, when we're open to softening a bit, you know, and sort of being more receptive in life and, uh, so, so that's that's some of the things that we we you know teach in in, in what we do with people and um, and something that like I say it's it's something that I I work on all the time with myself too recognizing when I am closing down to things and opening back up and um, so yeah so working working with guys as well is is something that, that that I love to do as a as an aspect of our business you know because we've got a lot of people in our in our true north community who are um, the majority are women and and we have some some men um, and I'd love to see more men you know in in that space because um, you know it's just so cool the, the guys who are there it's, it's just so cool to see a bloke being his being his true self you know sort of thing not uh, you know and and so you're not needing to compensate anymore for the ways in which he used to tell himself is he wasn't enough sort of thing so seeing getting to see um men standing in their true power as men is really amazing and, and one of the things i love about it is that um you know, it's it's not about teaching men how to be men or how to be masculine. It's just about teaching people how to be the truth of who they are. Because <laughs> we'll all be our version of a man or a woman or whatever it is. And we all have our, our core uh, natures and we, we all have masculine and feminine in us. And for some people, um, their core nature will be of a feminine nature mm. and, and and this may be a man right and, and vice versa sort of thing but it's really cool to see a person come to discover that for themselves and to start to express that in in the world you know um that that truth and and really be liberated from what they didn't even know was holding them back in life prior to that so yeah so that's it's a it's an area that I that I love to to work in because um because I get it like oh shit yeah. I've you know, I've come from that space myself where it's like I'm just so closed down 
and but nobody's closing me down i'm doing it to myself without even knowing i'm doing it you know? yeah yeah especially like there's, there's like those two parts of that there's that part where you're doing it to yourself depending on what like space you're in as well and i guess there's also that for a lot of people in their industries or whatever they're in they're in that space where it's sort of pushed on you to suppress that and yeah. so you start to build a mask that becomes really comfortable or a projection of who you are based on what you're being told you need to be because you feel like you have to do that i think like one of the biggest gaps in society is boundaries when it comes to no this is actually who i am and then like a preparedness to act on that and go geez work's telling me i have to do this and this and this and this don't really feel aligned with that am i prepared to go a separate way or and I think a lot of that comes back to your support networks. And I know that you've got such a great support there with Linda and, and your network with the True North and like the True North community as well. And it's a great space. And I'm curious, have you sort of started to see more men jumping in over the last maybe 12 months, I guess, six months? Um, I feel like it's really gaining momentum here on the West Coast of like people being more prepared to come to a men's circle or jump into a space and talk about sensuality or whatever that might be and more feminine topics, I guess, more feminine orientated topics in today's society. Definitely seeing that trend on the increase over here and in the conversations we're having. So curious if it's the same over on the East coast. Um, I'd say, I'd say it's on the increase, but the, the ratio still ain't close to 50, 50 yet. <laughs> you know, it's like, I think I agree. I think that um, that yes, it is. It there is a shift, but it's it's um, it seems to be you know really sort of uh, an incremental shift. It's a you know a slow unfolding. But I, I sense that it's something that will reach a point where it, it start like a tipping point of sorts, where guys start to like, ah, oh, right, okay, you know, I don't know for for whatever reason, whether they see some of their mates are starting to really um you know shine in their lives they're mm. starting to really embrace their lives in a new way and their lives are starting to you know be starting to reflect that so maybe something like that causes other guys who wouldn't otherwise look at at something like this and to go maybe i'll check it out you know there could be something in this for me yeah 100 percent. still very much like dipping the toes in for sure <laughs> it's not that you know not too often you see it like people just jumping off the cliff so i think i think at some point that will shift though i find you know i, I think the feminine energy sort of leads the way all the time sets the groundwork and then once that masculine energy starts to come in it sort of spirals and, and really gains momentum and sort of shifts the other way i think as men we're probably more inclined to look to the group idea versus being prepared to like stand out on our own so once i guess that group mentality shifts to more and more of these style of conversations i think that'll really snowball and if it starts to become a a benefit in the workplace if corporations and businesses start to say oh well, actually by allowing this person to express themselves more of like okay maybe they're really boisterous whatever that is but by not suppressing them it actually allows them to be more of themselves in that role which leads to an increase in performance and increase in employee satisfaction and all those sort of things yeah. then all of a sudden that momentum may start to shift i guess the biggest thing for those corporations is they're so ingrained in the 
I don't know wokeness is the right word, but politically correct nature of style of business. And so that sort of really narrows down the <laughs> amount of like space for expression and being the truth of who you are for a lot of people. And so, yeah, lots of lots of work to go through in that space. But I think more and more as like businesses like yours, the Genius Portal, these all the offerings will start to pop up. I think more and more that's going to start to shift. More and more people are going to start to go, oh, wow, there's, there is a way that I can be in the truth of my heart over here and maybe that looks like me leaving my role or maybe that means I need more and more support to actually bring more of me into my current role. And by being it over here, I can start to dip my toes in and understand and then sh- shift that over here. And I think a lot of for a lot of people, they struggle with that concept, especially if they're the first one in their friendship group, like you say, to go out and start to dip the toes in. It's much easier to be that newer version in that area versus being that same version when you come back to your friendship group because mm. then all of a sudden you're dealing with all of their energies as well, all of their egos popping up and going, oh, fuck, better tell Sammy to come back and be here because <laughs> otherwise we we might have to reflect on some uncomfortable stuff and, and you know, that path might open up. So very, very interesting. Um, Where did the improv come into it? Like, obviously it came through from an intuitive space, I, I imagine. Um, yeah. Talk to me about what that, from an expressive of your genius, like means to you, and, and what you love about it. Yeah, it was. Um, it, it, it's something that as a as a kid, I was always kind of, um, you know, a performer at home with my friends, um, and I just loved humorous performance sort of thing, like uh, not necessarily formalized at all, but just you know, playfully like that. And then I, I, I just left, you know, I just thought, oh, that's just being a kid. That's what all everyone does. And, but I later realised not really, like some, some do, but not everybody. And, um, and it more recently presented in, you know, when I, I'm in meditations and sort of with the specific intention of discovering those things that are true for me, this was one of those things was, you know, um, sort of comedic performance and that sort of thing. So, uh, it, it was a, it's been a bit of an unfolding. Initially, um, I sort of started with stand-up comedy and, and did a little bit of that on, on stage, you know, sort of thing. And um, But then it, it fast became like I was realising that I was creating content and, you know, rehearsing it over and over again to remember it so that I could kind of um, perform it, you know, on the stage. And it wasn't, I was really becoming sort of, um, I don't know, I wasn't feeling like that was it for me. And and so I, I left it at that stage. I didn't really, I just thought, oh, it mustn't be for me. And then um, some years later, uh, the idea of improv came about and I pursued that, you know, did some um, beginners courses and then some more advanced courses over the last few years. And I've noticed that it's it's just it's very very similar to the the whole process of of creating something from nothing, right? It's like it's like what we do when we create something in the world in our lives, because we're taking this thing that we discover within us that's that's it's like etheric, it doesn't exist yet, and we're bringing it, we're taking action based on that, and we're bringing it to fruition in in our lives into this physical form as an experience or an expression. Well, improv is very similar to that because it's like 
you're in this space where it's like you don't know what you're going to say next. You, you've been given the heads up on, hey, you're on a bus, you're with your your, your wife and, and your lover, and there's a bit of a row going on. So, so go, you know. So, <laughs> this is an example, but it, but and then you're you're in this space of of not knowing. You have a deg- well, often a degree of tension, sometimes higher than lower, and uh, and that tension, what it does is it draws forth the wisdom and it draws forth your creativity about where you go from here to create that story and move it forward, you know, and um, and work together with others. It's really connective where you work as a team to create a story and and a performance ultimately. So um, it's, it's just been a really epic sort of um, experience. I mean, the performance side of things, learning about playing with tension because um, tension's a big aspect of creating, uh, learning that tension's not doesn't kill you, you know, it's uncomfortable, <laughs> that's all. Um, but it's also really necessary without it. It's like things are limp. You don't have that sort of, you know, tension bringing forth what you need in the, in the moment. Uh, and also the connection with people, you know, the, those deep connections that are formed with others who you're, you're going through these new experiences with, sharing those experiences together where you're all in your tension, you've all got your egos telling you bullshit about yourself, <laughs> left, right and centre, but you you stand true. You know, we're here to, we're here to create a story sort of thing and we, we, we succeed at that together and it, it really tends to create deep connections, you know, and friendships. So, um, so Linda and I have, um, you know, in our, particularly in our live, um, like our retreats and that sort of thing, we bring um, a lot of the uh, teachings through using improv um, by way of teaching a lot of the work. And it's a beautiful, um, like a medium for teaching the work because it's so playful and, and it's so, it's, um, what do you call it? It's disarming to the, mm. to the because you're having too much fun the ego can't really get a word <laughs> people are freaking out that they're laughing at the same time and you're having all this fun and then you're talking about what what happens structurally you know when you're debriefing it there's a lot to talk about where it's like yeah we just had a ball and check this out you know and, yeah. and people are like, what and it's like yeah so what you, what you learned there you can apply in your life when it comes to creating the things you really love you know mm. so yeah, I was going to ask that. Have you found it's really? Have you found that your ability to ability to create, for lack of a better term, has improved with the improv or gone to another level just from that natural sense of being more comfortable in the unknown that improv sort of creates, which is a big thing of creating is obviously letting go of that need to know. So yeah, just curious on that front. Yeah, I, um, it's definitely enhanced my my ability to create, and and um, it's because like like you just said, you know, the ability to be with the unknown, um, but also the ability to be with tension, because mm-hmm. you know tension is required to create. But what what we typically do when we miss um well before we understand what's going on, we'll usually uh, have a uh, misguided relationship with tension we we sort of lump it in with stress we're like i'm stressed you know and then once we 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 see them as one and the same which they're not 
then we we find ourselves making decisions based on the fact that I'm stressed, you know. And so mm-hmm. usually it's about how quickly can I come back to a state of familiarity and comfort so that I can not be stressed anymore. And so what that results in is this resolving our creative tension all the time mm-hmm. and coming back to being comfortable again and wondering why we can't seem to get any stuff happening in our life that we'd love because we keep killing off our tension all the time with the misunderstanding about what it actually is yeah and understanding that like creative tension versus just like normal tension i guess you know because there that's where i think people get mixed up is that if they're constantly under tension then you relate it to stress yeah it just becomes one and the same whereas like creative tension is understanding that I guess the rubber band analogy is a great one in that good tension over time, putting a little bit of tension on that rubber band and then bringing it back, a bit more tension, bringing it back, a bit more tension. That rubber band begins to expand a lot further than if you just try and pull it all the way in one go, it'll snap. But if you give it a chance to stretch, come back, stretch, integrate, and I think integration is such an important part of that, like, bringing those tools and those structures that you guys teach and that we use here at the Genius Portal as well in regards to structure, tension, integration. Yeah. Structure, tension, understanding, okay, what have you learned here? What have you created? Good and bad. Okay, let's go again. Ten, more yeah. tension this time. Get comfortable in the unknown. Yeah, it's really cool. I was listening to um, Joe Rogan's, one of Joe Rogan's last podcasts, and he had Jimmy Carr on um, and yeah, talking right. about how – you know, Jimmy was talking about like that uncomfortableness and that imposter syndrome, which we sort of touched on here today, but also how like comedy sort of seems to be one of those ones you either do as a profession or not as all. You you do it as a kid and you have fun and you play and you're playful and then you either go down the path of trying to make a career out of it and be professional or you don't do any comedy anymore at all. And so that was really, it's really interesting to see how, you know, that almost innocence and playful nature of the improv really helps with your creativity point of view because you know all of us have probably been exposed to playing sport just as a hobby or you know playing for playing volleyball or whatever it is for fun but we don't do creativity sort of things for fun very often you know it's very rare that you have people that aren't in a creative orientation just doing art because You know, yeah. I think the world is very much caught up in, oh, I've got to do everything that's going to create my career or, or be in my career space. And, yeah, um, you're obviously in that in that space for a little while with the electrician and, and the Sparky and, and obviously you've got some cool skills that you probably use still to this day. Um, but what did you find in those environments that were really, you know, did you find it was the environments that were sort of, keeping you down in a way or like we're putting pressure on you or did you find that it was more like you didn't have clear boundaries in those spaces that then didn't allow you to be who you wanted to be in those spaces um yeah it's curious yeah i mean back back then it was um it was like you you're involved in an unspoken agreement with with the community that you engaged with sort of thing and society as a whole it's like we learn um at school that okay you know um playfulness and creativity they're cool things for kids but it, it, you you need to put those aside like jimmy you're daydreaming again hey snap snap get back here and, and learn this stuff because you're going to need it if you're going to be successful in life 
that's how you're successful. You learn and you, you, you've got to recall. And those who can recall and regurgitate the best seem to do the best and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm. So um, creativity gets kind of um, just shelved early. But the, the truth of it is that creativity is a really powerful thing. And, and that's what when, when you start to come back to um, really taking action on creating the life you love, your creativity is a big part of it, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's it's it, for a lot of people, it's a muscle. It's not it's not uh, it becomes weak. It just needs mm. reusing, flexing, you know. But in those in those um, environments where you know, as a Sparky, as a, a um, like an apprentice, and then a Sparky sort of thing, everybody agrees um, unconsciously. Like there's this thing, <laughs> there's this agreement that no, no, this is who we are. Like we identify with. I'm an electrician. This is how I'm viable in the world, and this is how it is. And and nobody disagrees with that because that'd be ridiculous, you know. It's like no, no, no. That is how it is, and so we <laughs> all sort of buy into it, um, and we never question it. And the reason why it goes largely unquestioned is because everybody's okay with that. It's like that's our orientation in the world. That's our viability. Without that, we're screwed. Because how is it if it's not that way? Yeah. So just in, in relation to that, we do it all the time, but in, in relation to me as a Sparky, no different there. You know, it's, it forms orientation. Don't mess with the orientation. We're safe while we're <laughs> comfortable, familiar, that sort of thing. So it, it wasn't it wasn't really, I just, it's never really that the environment or others in it are the ones who have um, power over you unless you choose that that's how it is. Mm. And, and I think that whenever you're unclear about what life, what, what's true for you, then you render yourself subject to the agendas of others because then it's like me as a young fella. I didn't know what I wanted to do I, and I, I didn't know what it was like to be a man in the world or, you know, I, I guess you get married. I guess you have kids <laughs> so that you can prove that you can do something. It's yeah. like most of us can do having kids, right? It's pretty yeah. natural. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so I, I think that once you're clear on what's true for you, you, you can be in any environment, you can be around people, but you don't have to be subject to them, victim to them or whatever, because you're everyone's powerful. You just need to, rec- you know, acknowledge your own power. And it's like, and acknowledge that you're human as well, you know, and, um, yeah, so because I think what what can happen is if you feel that there's or if you make the assumption that there's, you know, these people that you've got to avoid in the world or, you know, toxic people or whatever you, you've got to avoid, then then what you're, you're saying to yourself is, you know, I'm powerful, but, you know, mm. when I'm around these people, yeah. I'm not. So what I've got to do is I've got to avoid them like the plague rather be powerful and and open yourself up. There's that vulnerability again. You know, in the world, I, I can yeah. be in the world, and um, and it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't steal my power or whatever. You know, because I'm powerful. Yeah, that's a massive one. I think for people go, jumping back to where we were sort of talking about, like if you're the first in your friendship group to go down a path, that's mm-hmm. such a massive one of that. Like, oh, I can behave over here in a certain way, but I can't behave like that over here or you're also almost the vulnerability becomes like will my friends still accept me now that i'm sort of living this life yeah which is a big one for a lot of people to tackle and i think you hit the nail on the head of like you just got to choose your heart right 
And if that's what's true for you, that's what's true for you. And then there's all that, all the, the I guess, the fallout from that, for lack of a better word, in the moment. But I'm curious as to the reason I jumped back to the Sparkies for those thinking I'm just jumping all over the shop is I wanted to compare like a day now versus a day back then, what a day looked like for you from a ritual point of view or from a practices point of view, what that structure might have been, was it morning coffee or whatever that looks like, compare that to now and just sort of say what the differences are. And um, I'm always curious to sort of sort of think our like rituals or our routines or our structures can also play a part in the way we are oriented in the world, like you say, that orientation, mm-hmm. those that that nourishment factors, like, you know, what how are you sort of nourishing yourself back then? Or if you even were at all through your routines and your practices, or is that more of something that's come to fruition later? Yeah. I I um as a young fellow, I, I really took on a a value around health, you know, health um, pr- primarily through mum. You know, she was all about healthy eating, healthy, particularly when it came to nutrition and always researching the, the latest and the greatest and, and, and applying that in the household, you know. So we had all sorts of things going on at different times. <laughs> the freaking diet came in and went and something else <laughs> But what it sort of what it what it did was I, I inherited mum's value around health, and I, I I don't mind inheriting that one. I like I like health. I think it's yeah. uh, health great. Um, but I, I also think, as with everything, um, it's not about the thing. It's about where am I coming from in relation to that thing. What's my orientation here? And what I mean by that is like um, when it comes to health, I can be approaching my health in a dysfunctional way, where it's like ah. Uh, you know, I've I got to avoid all this stuff. If, if I don't, if I don't stay healthy, then I'm screwed. And, and it's sort of this survival mode approach to health mm. versus no, I, I choose health. Like that, that's important to me, and and I'm open to exp- new experiences. And and I, I know that um, you know when I'm when I'm um, open to sort of being guided in my life from my from my inner you know guidance, my inner genius sort of thing, my intuition. I'll know. I'll be. I'll just feel drawn to the things that are that are in alignment with my health. You know, um, as far as food or um, activity or whatever. So what I find is that it creates more variety. But anyway, going back to then, I think my approach um, by way of nurturing myself um, was really that was the area that I felt was it. You know, I've just got to stay bloody healthy. So long as I do that, then. It gives me the best chance for things to come good, you know. <laughs> so half the time, I thought, "What am I staying healthy for? I'm, I'm just keeping myself well for a long life of of what I don't like, sort of thing." Mm. You know? Yeah, and that's how it was years ago. But I was kind of hell bent on staying healthy, so that that's what I used to do. But I think with a dysfunctional approach. Whereas now, um, and and so it was it was work and and he- some form of health, you know, and that that's all I I do. Life was about work, paying bills, and trying to maintain health. Um, and and but now, like um, a, a day for me, it, it sees me like I'm up early. I, I get up at four, just before four thirty, and. Um, and, and that's because I, I love the sound of the, the birds waking up in the morning. I love being a part of that and, and sitting in the office and just, you know, um, setting my, my, um, my direction sort of in my life and in my day by making my choices and that sort of thing. First cab off the rank and then um, writing, you know, writing my books and that sort of thing. 
I feel like it's a beautiful, peaceful time of the day where I can just be focused and, you know, receiving and, and writing. Um, and then, you know, I'll, I'll have, a, have a smoothie and then I'll go out and do some exercise. Um, and just depending on what day's got what on, but there'll be, you know, one-on-one coaching through a lot of the days. Um, but most of the days, oh, and then, you know, in the gaps, I'll pull the didgeridoo out and I'll have a blast on that for <laughs> a half hour or so, you know. Um, and and getting out into nature is important. So even just going for a bit of a hike or, or whatever and um, take the camera along, capture some images that really jump out at me and, you know, some some post, some editing on those Im- images later. It's all a part of it too. So, uh, you know, travel as well. Um, Linda and I got over to South Africa mm. uh, recently and went on safari with William and an awesome crew of people and uh, Ellie and, you know, Claire. And, you know, we're all over there having an amazing time. And then we'll be um, heading off to uh, Bali in a, in a week or so yeah. to go and do the Writer's Genius course with Ellie over there as well, Ellie and Claire. And um, so, so travel's a big part. You know, Linda and I both have travel as one of those um, key elements in what's true for us. And uh, uh, so, yeah, that's, that's kind of how a day rolls. What, what it's like is now is that it's, um, oh, and obviously group coaching sessions like doing online sort of uh, workshops and that sort mm-hmm. of thing are regular as well. But there's, there's a real spaciousness to it, you know, and what, what I've found is that the more I'm focused on taking action that's in alignment with the things that are true for me, only because I'm clear on what they are for a start, then it's like your day is just, it's filled with these things that you you love to do. And, and it's not about needing to do them to try and be viable in the world. Like, I've got to make some money, you know, sort of thing. It's like, um, it's the the viability happens as a natural side effect of, of my willingness to be taking action on those things that are true for me. It sort of gets handled, you know, as, as a side effect. So, um, it's, a, it's a different world now to what it was before, you know. Yeah. Um, there was a tipping of the scales at one point where I was open and willing to, to work, and, um, and but I was making money for a purpose then. It was like now I'm clear on what's true for me. So my work now has a different meaning. It's about yeah. serving me, supporting me to start to really build out that life that I love. And then, the uh, uh, you know, over time the scales tip where I couldn't I couldn't I didn't have enough time to do work in my my true sort of expression of life so I'm like well it's been great I've got to go and so then life's been like that ever since you know yeah, yeah it's uh, I think that's so key for <clears throat> pardon me people to realize is that you don't have to like completely shift straight away you know mm-hmm. there can be shifting like you say shifting that mindset of like okay i'm doing this for a reason now rather than just from a place of survival or because it's all i've ever known yeah being able to utilize that time which is our greatest asset you know where's that time being spent okay it's being spent maybe in an environment that i'm not really in love with right now but it's a means to an end to be able to create this over here and really step into that from a place of I think for a lot of creators they probably jump like get to a <clears throat> get to a point where they're like, no, fuck the system, fuck this, fuck work, fuck this. I'm gonna go and do it all by myself. And I quit my job 10 seconds later. You know, you yeah. see it all the time. People go to a retreat or a festival and 
what's your intention after this? What are you going to create after this? I've handed my notice in. I've already written it out. So, yeah. <laughs> hold on. Because <laughs> yeah, you never want to be in a space where you're like, a lot of people find themselves creating like in a place of lack. And then it, then it turns back into a survival thing. You're not doing it for love anymore. You're doing it to pay the bills, but you just shifted your industry and there's more yeah. pressure on you. <laughs> you, know, you. You can't go and have a day or two off. You know, you, there's no sick leave. There's no annual leave. There's none of that sort of stuff anymore. It's like, you know, you're the sole provider. And, and with that comes out of pressures. So doing that from a place of love and, and okay, this is my truth. And, okay, now I've actually created like a little bit of an estate to give myself some space and some time. And there is a, you know, so key, I think there is a market for this. And I have, I'm at capacity now in that space. I can actually leave this and, and come over. Yeah. I mean, it's really important um, if you're not still at home listening to this and supported by your parents and have all the the joys of doing that, then go and do it. <laughs> Quit yeah. your job and go. But <laughs> Um, you know, if you still got the pressures of family or kids or whatever that looks like for you, then that's a great way of like shifting your orientation to all right, I understand that this isn't where I want to be, but right now it's I'm gonna do everything I can to do this really well and also do this really well. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah, so true. I, I it's it's what shifted for me um was was becoming clear on what what was really true and important to me and then then I was okay then then that shifted my attitude my relate towards my my job and my relationship with my job and to the point where without even trying I became actually grateful for my job and that might sound weird but I was not grateful for it because it wasn't what I you know what I what was really you know my my big picture sort of thing and um but I genuinely felt grateful because I could see where it fit. I could see that, I oh, know, this is a part of my unfolding my life, you know, and this, this is really serving me. It's really supporting me. So I, I actually was able to then bring my heart to it. And it was a really different experience. Same job, completely different reality. Yeah. You know? and, yeah. uh, and it wasn't hard to be there. I could, <laughs> and I could create the, the other, you know. Yeah, you sort of know you're there for eight hours or whatever it is, and I'm here for eight hours, and it's facilitating all of this for me. And yeah. all of a sudden, it's a whole different world. Your energy changes; like you actually feel like you, you know you actually want to get up in the morning and go to work for a change. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's sweet, man. Um, talk to us about what you guys are offering at the moment. Um, how people can get in touch with you. And I've got one more question for you. Yeah. Um, at the moment, we're we're just. Um, offering a uh, like it's a free sort of a, an experience for people it's online uh, it's called the unreality check where people can um, come and see what it's all about you know they can kind of um, see the dynamics that, that are at play that are otherwise unconscious but having an effect in a person's life um, you know learn about how to use emotions powerfully rather than being governed by them and, and sort of stressed out in life and, and how to sort of shift from that um, space of I will get around to doing what I'd love, but I'm going to do all this stuff first. I need to address all these things first. And by the time I'm about 150 years old, I should be good to go. You know, so how, <laughs> how can 
can we actually, instead of putting everything on the back burner, how can we start to bring things into play now where bottom lines can be being handled, beautifully handled right now, but so can the the um, wheels be turning on people's creating creations and the things that are really true for them in their lives. So that that's what the unreality check's about. Um, and, and people can find out more. Uh, I mean, there's some information co- comes out on, on Facebook at the moment, but um, our, our website's truenorthaligned.com. Um, and so, yeah, there's information on there as well. And, and also, um, you know, we can be contacted anytime via email, just hello at genius, at, sorry, hello at truenorthaligned.com. That's no, right. Yeah, yes. we'll make sure all the links are down below for this podcast for anyone to go get their own reality check um, and check what you guys are doing. Check that out. I've got two questions. I lied before. Another question came up. So what's, <laughs> what's next for you, mate? What, what's next in the big pipeline for you personally? What are you working on? Obviously, you've got your books, which we're all excited to see come to life, and, and I'm looking forward to reading those. Um, yeah, if you want to talk about some of maybe what's coming in that space with your books or give people a little bit of a tease. Um, and what else is coming up for you personally over the next couple of months? Um, yeah, next six months to a year. Yeah, yeah. So the the um, the focus, yeah, at the moment is is on the getting the book, my first book published. The second book sort of um, well underway as well. It's, it's sort of a, a series that I'm creating at the moment. Uh, and so the first one's called Remembering Home. And it's like a a journey through a world of enchantment and timeless wisdom. So, and that's woven, you know, into a relatable fictional fictional story that leaves the reader with, um, you know, new insights and, and new directions, sort of thing. So, um, it invites the reader to uncover their their hidden treasures, their their own, you know, true potential. Um, and really, just takes people on a journey. Of, of self-discovery through the, the characters that are in the book, through through their experiences sort mm. of thing, um, learning facets of this work through through those fictional stories. Um, so that that's, uh, yeah, it's, it's super close. So I'm looking <laughs> forward to that um, releasing. Um, and, and, you know, Linda and I, we, we've got our, our structure has, has kind of come into um three key areas we've got some some online um products as well that people are able to when it when it comes to you know business or when it comes to money there's there's some really key structures there that we've created um products that are online that people can buy that are self-paced they can go through right from start to finish and um so those those sorts of things that you know, being completed now, they're just starting to to go out, and um, we're excited about those as well. Um, and yeah, with our, we're looking at um, sort of getting some more retreat, more in person retreats happening as well. And um, and we've got our our eight month mastermind um, group at the moment. They're probably a few months into the eight month container uh, called the Quest, and so. You know, we have an intimate group of people who are um, going through an eight-month curriculum where it's designed to accelerate momentum and to really, in that supportive group synergy way, as we move through together um, and learnings, applying, you know, creating together. Um, and the, the next one of those will start around May next year. So 
um, that's been a, a pretty um, you know epic new offering of ours in, in recent months, which we're really excited about as well. And it's under under full steam now. Awesome. And it's great. Yeah. yeah, very, very cool. We'll make sure, again, all the links are down below for anyone that wants to check any of those offerings out. My last question for you today, what do you think we're here for as a species? Now, you've got to answer this in under 60 seconds. Okay. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I think we're as a species, we're here um, for expansion. I, I, the way I see it is the universe can't know itself except for having experiences through through us and other beings or whatever, but where we we come to this physical experience of life to have experiences to to be the creators that we are, and we can either create unconscious survival or we can create consciously the things that are in us, you know, seeking expression. So um, that's what I think we're here for, um, awesome. and to connect, you know, yeah. connect. Yeah, love it, love it, mate. It's been a lot of fun. Had a blast listening and, and getting to know you in a different way and um and hearing about everything that you got going on thanks for coming on looking forward to doing it again sometime and um yeah big love mate and, and keep doing what you're doing it's awesome yeah lots of love to you too brother and the listeners as well and yeah thanks for thanks for inviting me on i've loved it epic guys have a great day night evening afternoon wherever you are in the world and um until the next one big love it's the genius part of